I, I'm really glad that you're here this morning, and I always say that because it's true. Um, but when we come together as a church family, uh, God really does uh, work. And I know that there's always like a fight uh, each morning, you know, when you choose to live God, you know, life God's way. It, it's, there's lots of choices. It's hard. And even on a Sunday, there's lots of choices to, to stay home, but you've, you've chosen to be here. And when we are here and when God's word is opened and when we gather together, God really does work. And so today, uh, we actually have a privilege to hear uh, from my mentor of over actually 20 years, uh, Pastor Randy Lanthrop. And he is going to tell you a little bit more about him and his family. Uh, but next to, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just cry early, so I'm just going to get out the way. Uh, but next to, you know, my parents, um, There's not a couple that's had a more profound impact on my life than Randy and Cindy. In uh, 2001, I was a student at Cal Baptist, and I really wanted to be in ministry and learn what it means to be a pastor. Uh, But I knew I had no idea, uh, first, how to actually lead as a husband and what it would mean to be a father. And there was a lot that I needed to learn and and still need to learn. Uh, But back in... 2001, um, I told, you know, Randy that I'd like to stick around and be a part of Church in the Valley. And he said to me, uh, if you stick around, you know, I, I'll train you. And um, he's been true to his word. And um, I don't know if you guys remember, like, back to school, like, when you take your parents to, like, your classroom. That's what today feels like for me. <laughs> it's like, look, look at, you know, just, it's really fun. Uh, it's funny I'm saying that because I'm crying, but uh, these are our meaningful uh, tears. And so, Arani's going to share with us today about teaming together. And so, let's give him a warm Ridgeview welcome. Welcome, Pastor Randy. Thanks for that. that. I don't get applause when I step up to the mic. <laughs> I am really glad to be at Ridgeview today. It's a beautiful day, good view of the ridge. Some people call it a summit, but I I say it's a ridge. (laughs) Uh, I'm very excited about what God is doing here, and uh, I'm really looking forward to being with you today. Before I dig into the topic for the day, teaming together, I'd like to take some time to introduce myself and my family. My wife, Cindy, and I live in Ontario, California. Here's a picture of Cindy and I dancing at our daughter's wedding. That was a really good day, and uh, she's a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, We planted Church in the Valley, which we like to call CIV, in Diamond Bar in 1987. Um, The church was in Diamond Bar for its first 30 years, and... We've been setting up and tearing down for 34 years. We've been sort of in a wilderness and um, moving around different places. We were focused on other things. We've planted five churches out of ours, and the Lord has just made an arrangement to give us a building to lease. So we we are ecstatic. My people who've been very faithful and patient are just thrilled that they're not going to have set up, tear down every week. 
<laughs> they're like the young guys, they're in their 40s now. They're, one of them told me the other day, you know, 10 years from now, we're not going to be able to do this, Randy. I said, yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> but God has provided. Um, in 2018, we moved to Ontario Ranch, California, to... Uh, Actually, that's where most of our young families live. They couldn't afford Diamond Bar, so they, they landed there. And um, we, we moved to make the most of an opportunity in uh, Ontario Ranch where they're building 47,000 homes, much like is going on around here. Um, but we moved there. Uh, most of our people, I don't know that we've lost anyone to speak of. Most moved with us, and actually 12 families uh, sold their houses and moved to make the most of the opportunity with us. Uh, we have two children, a son, Thad, who serves on my staff. He's our executive pastor. He's 36. He's married to Gina. Here's a picture of them. This is their engagement picture before. Uh, they still look good. But that's, that's really good right there. <laughs> they have four children, which has brought some wear and tear. Here's the kids. Uh, Blake, Jeremy, Ellie, and JB. And so Blake is the oldest. Jeremy's next to him. Uh, JB, who is Joshua Barrett, by the way. Alex would wants him to be called Barrett because he was named after uh, two guys who've made an impact on my son's life. And then Ellie, Ellie girl. She's, she's a cutie, and she's a, a gem among the rough guys. <laughs> um, our daughter, Lindsay, is married to Luke Myers. Here's a picture of them at their wedding. Uh, that was a really good day. I, I think I already said that. Luke works for Bell Helicopter in Fort Worth, Texas. He's preparing for vocational ministry through a program I'll talk to you about later. They have two kids that are absolute balls of energy, much like their father. He's got a lot of energy. Zach and Hallie, here's a picture of them. And uh, she, she's, I think, nine months old. I, I know that because of Facebook. Um, if you think about it, all the important endeavors in life require a team effort. We raise children in teams called families. If you want to succeed at work, you need to be a team player. And if you want your life to make an eternal impact, you join God's team and what he's doing in and through the church. That's how you make a difference in this world. Today I want to talk about teaming together to accomplish God's work in the world, and God's design is for the church to team together both in the church, which we, we think about often, and you see that in the teams that are setting up and pulling things off uh, for this meeting here. Um, but also what you don't see is there are churches, it's, it's really God's design, and you see this in the New Testament, for churches to team together and pull together to help 
each other do what God's called them to do. The work of God advances not as individuals do good deeds, but as they team together to do the work of God. God could do his work any way he wants, but he's chosen to do it through individual churches and the individual believers who make up those churches. A friend of mine says, when God works, his people get blisters. <laughs> and that's, that's what happens. Today I'm highlighting the importance of individual Christ followers. Um, thank you, that's, that's going to be a help not to have the cute people on there. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm highlighting the importance of individual followers of Christ teaming together with other Christ followers in the church to do his work. And I'll show how this church and several other churches team together to accomplish some giant goals that we wouldn't be able to accomplish alone. Um, in team sports, it's crucial to be able to identify which team belongs to who on the field or on a court, and we do that through colors. Here's a little test to see if you can identify which team is represented by these colors. Which team is this? Trojans. (laughs) How about this one? The Bruins. Um, Here's an easy one, the names on the front. Lakers. This one still stings a little bit. Dodgers. How can you win 106 games? And I, I bleed Dodger blue, so I'm still hurting over the, that, that thing. Um, why don't me, uh, teams just mix it up a little bit? Why don't they just decide to get creative and go with orange one day? They could switch it up. Or kaleidoscope of colors. Teams don't do that because colors establish identity. When you wear certain colors, people know which team you're on. It's the way you identify as part of a team. And in the same way, in a similar way, we'll say, a Christ follower publicly identifies as a member of Jesus' team wherever they are. If you're going to be on a team, there must be a way for others to know that you're on that team, that you're a part of it. When you put on the uniform, uh, that's how they know. And that's why it's so important for Christ followers to identify with Christ wherever they are, at, at work or in their family, among their friends, in their neighborhoods. That's how you put on the uniform. Jesus said this, Matthew 10 32 through 33. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. One reason Jesus commanded us to be baptized after we decide to follow him is to identify as a member of his team. That's, that's an outward way that we identify. 
It's also important to let people know that you're a Christ follower as you live life. Um, If we identify with Christ at work, in the neighborhood, among our friends and family, it gives us a little less wiggle room in our attitudes and actions and approach to situations. It constrains us in the right way. And if we represent well, people around us could be drawn to follow Christ as well. That's the hope. If you join USC's football team, for instance, you aren't the first one to be a part of that team. You're stepping into a long tradition of team members who have come before you and others who will come after you. The colors you wear link you to the tradition of that team. Real people have put on the uniform before you, and they've worn those colors, and that adds a richness to the uniform. And it adds a richness to what it means to be a Trojan or a Bruin or a Laker or a Dodger. It's the same and even more so for Christ followers. The reality spurs us on many, many before us have sacrificed their lives for the gospel's sake. And that reality spurs us on, or it should spur us on, to live up, the, live up to the best of what people have been before us and set the example and the pace for those who will follow us. Those aren't just colors. They point to a team and an identity, and this is why teams are so serious about their colors. <laughs> they are. I mean, the fans are just nuts about wearing the colors. So what's a Christ follower's uniform? Our uniform isn't a color. It's a mission. Here's the command Jesus gave his first followers. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The identifying mark of a disciple or a follower of Christ here as Jesus said, is obedience to his commands. And obedience is tied to our mission. If we set out, if, we, if, if you're a Christ follower, if you set out to obey Jesus, that's how you identify as a member of the team. That's the uniform we wear. Baptism is actually the first step of many that Jesus asked us to take to follow him, to obey him. People can see that we're a part of the team 
when we do what he told us to do, and we take on his character, his attitudes, and his lifestyle. If you choose obedience to Jesus as you live, it contributes to the mission. People begin to recognize the flavor of a life that follows Jesus. And they recognize that when you, when you yourself choose to obey the Lord, um, and people know others who have follow, followed Christ as well, um, the flavor of your life begins to match up with the other lives that they know who are committed to follow Christ. You're wearing the uniform. <laughs> That's what's happening. This can draw people to follow Christ. It's, it's like the, the scripture at one point says, it's the, we are a pleasing aroma to those who are being saved. And that's, it's like when you're walking in the house and you, you smell something that's cooking that's really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good stuff. I'm getting hungry. I haven't had a donut yet. Um, After you decide to follow Christ, he puts you on a team, and he gives you a purpose. This is our purpose. This is what he's assigned to us to do. And there is nothing more significant than serving on his team. This is how God is working in the world, through the church, his team. As we work together to make more disciples of Christ, we have an eternal edge to our efforts because eternal destinies are changed when they decide to follow Christ. That's what we're doing. We're making more disciples. We're helping people come to know Christ first and then to learn how to obey him second. What a privilege to team together in the church, to do something so significant as this. If you're serving here in this church body, the part you are playing is contributing to the most important work on earth, making disciples. That's that's a privilege we all have. We can do more teaming together than we can separate, and our mission is as a church body, is too significant to try to pull it off alone. So that's why God designed the church. It's it's also the same for churches. In the 17.6 network of churches, we're experiencing the reality that we can do more together than we can separate. So we're pulling together to do some giant things that we couldn't do alone. The Bible shows that teaming together, teams working together compound effectiveness. Philemon 6 says this, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. The word partnership in this passage is a Greek word. This, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. 
It's a Greek word, koinonia. And, and basically what it means is mutual reciprocity. You give and receive. And in the give and receive, which means I serve you, you serve me, I give to you, you give back to me, I receive from you. Um, in the give and receive, there is a compact, uh, compounding effect to our growth and our mission. That's what it's talking about here. The passage says it makes us effective. In other words, the partnership infuses energy into our growth and has a compounding effect on our understanding of all that we have in Jesus Christ. Understanding has a nuance of recognition to it. You see things as you team together that you would never see if you didn't work together on things. As we cooperate in our mission, toward our mission, for our mission, this passage shows that Giving and receiving and teamwork empowers and energizes our growth in Christ's likeness and the accomplishment of the mission. The compounding effect is true for individuals and, and for churches as well. And as a network of churches, we're working together to do more than we could separately. So I'd like to give you a brief view of our network, uh, an overview of the vision and mission of the 17.6 network. Um, I'm the director of the network, and <clears throat> our vision is to see life-changing churches multiplying throughout the cities of the world. Now, by life-changing, we mean something specific. We want to have a church culture that when people participate in that church culture, it shapes the values in those who participate in it. So that's, that's what we mean by life-changing. Every church or organization shapes values, one way or the other. But we want to grow our ability to be churches who... Draw people toward what matters to God, toward kingdom values, the values Jesus talked about. And so to this end, we want to be like a river, not a lake. A lake, you, you can go into it, and you're not pulled in any direction. You can step out of it, get into it. A river has a current to it. And we want to have churches, we want to build and encourage churches and multiply them that have a current that pulls people toward what matters to God, toward kingdom values. And so that's what we're working on together. The core DNA of a life-changing church, by our definition, is a culture that shapes kingdom values. And this takes con concerted effort. It takes concentrated effort to 
create. So we're working on this together. This is what we're doing together in our network of churches. A kingdom culture shows up in churches in two ways. And uh, in the way we relate and the way we work together. So there are specific relational values called hard attitudes. And I, I noticed this bookmark with the hard attitudes on there. And our churches covenant together to do the hard attitudes. That creates a, a relational framework and boundaries within which we can thrive for a long time. We, we, can, we can make real progress. And when we mess up, we clear it up. And that, that allows you to keep going on and encouraging one another over time. <clears throat> and we also have project and team values that we aim for. And so as a network, we're working together to sharpen one another in developing our church cultures to embody these values. So that's our vision. We fulfill our vision as a network by accomplishing our mission, which is to equip and resource leaders to develop and multiply life-changing churches. Leaders carry the culture of any organization, but especially the church. That's why Paul set up the the high standards for church leaders that he, he set in uh, the New Testament. Uh, and certainly the values are shaped starting with the lead pastor and staff. And so we're designing training programs to help equip the pastor and his staff to help members and leaders move toward and live out what's important to God. Um, we emphasize training because of its high value. First Timothy 4, 7, and 8 says, bodily training is of some value. You know, working out, it's okay. It's good for this life. But godliness has value in every way. So train yourself in godliness. That's why we put such a high priority on our training programs. To this end, we've developed several training programs. Maybe you participated in one of them, or uh, maybe you will in the future. You'll be invited to. Um, our newest program is called Horizon, and Horizon was created so uh, the participants would be able to experience the Christian adventure. North Star is an entry-level two year leadership training program for lay leaders that is being used in our churches. It's training to navigate the Christian adventure. The Antioch Project is a five-year intensive and intentional ministry training program we offer for men and women who believe God is calling them to uh, vocational ministry. It's a unique hands-on, character-shaping, and leadership skills-forming training program at a graduate level. We currently have two campuses, one in, at Hope Church in Fort Worth, uh, which all of us came out of. Um, and then the other campuses here in Southern California, 
and currently involves students from four of our churches, and that includes Ridgeview. There are two couples that are involved from Ridgeview. Uh, Here's a picture of our graduation in Southern California recently, or I think this was a while back. Um, Harold Bullock is the founder of the 17.6 Network, and a piece of his vision early on was to establish a graduate seminary-level training program to raise up leaders who would go out, start churches and ministries. And I confess, I heard about that about 35 to 40 years ago, and I thought, well, that's fascinating, but how in the world is that going to (laughs) happen? And in August of 2015, we signed an agreement with Northwest Baptist Seminary in Vancouver, Canada, whose president was connected to Hope, had attended Hope while he was getting his doctorate at Southwestern Seminary. Uh, that This program that he allowed us, invited us into, allows us to make Antioch Project a fully accredited Master of Divinity degree. And so here's a picture of our first immersed graduation. We're, we're looking official there, aren't we? <laughs> um, because we are official. Hey. Um, the 17.6 work, uh, Network's name comes from a statement made about some of the earliest Christ followers in Acts 17.6. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Basically, the 17.6 Network exists to do our part in turning the world upside down, which is actually right side up. <laughs> that's, that's the way God made us to live. When someone comes to Christ, uh, the Lord turns them right side up. And God in his word, the Bible shows us the right side up, which is like a, a box of fragile context marks this, this side up. Our goal as a network is to have an influence in our world during our generation. We're trying to build bridges across the U.S. and to other parts of the world. And uh, here's our website, the homepage of our website. And the piers of the bridge here, uh, they represent individual pastors and their churches. Alone, we're each limited to our geographical locations. But together, we can go places as we build the bridge that we couldn't go alone. So pastors in the network are willing to pull resources of money, time, and energy to work on building these bridges. We're beginning to build bridges overseas. Um, pretty exciting. One, one of the friends of our network uh, just this year launched the North Star training program in Thai. And here's, here's the, what that looks like. Personally, I can't read it. but um, One of our Antioch proje- uh, Project graduates just went out to Bangkok, Thailand, land this year, 
and he's aiming to reach out and start churches there. And so we're, we're beginning to spread out across the world, and that's, that's a really fun thing. So those are some of the ways that we are partnering as churches to accomplish more together than we could alone. And I wanted to show you this morning the connection of this church to a broader network of churches who are teaming together, and I hope it's been encouraging and informative for you. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, God, that you saved us and you have brought us into a relationship with you that gives an amazing amount of purpose and meaning to our lives. Father, help us to have the strength to do what you want us to do, to obey you, Lord Jesus, and take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take today. And help us to be a pleasing aroma to those around us as we set out to follow you and as we follow you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Randy. Appreciate yeah, you sharing. And, and uh, it is a reminder for all of us, like it, it's easy that you can get focused in your own uh, world. Uh, but we have been blessed as a church that we, we are not alone. Uh, as a people, we, we have each other. But also, uh, we're not a church uh, that is alone. And uh, the churches represented in, in our network of churches have uh, really made commitments to team together. And uh, we're a, a byproduct of those commitments as we've launched and as we've started uh, this new work and this new church in North Montana. We've had many churches that have come and helped us, uh, not only by providing people to serve, uh, but, but also financially. And so um, this is real. And it, and it really does uh, impact. And so uh, as we wrap up our service, we're going to be receiving our offering in a moment. Uh, but I wanted to draw your attention, if you've not yet filled out your connection card or finished filling that out, uh, go ahead and do that right now with that pen that you, that you have. And you can drop that completed connection card in the offering uh, when that comes by. Uh, there's a couple uh, next steps that uh, you can take. And I'm going to borrow Randy's notes because I left my uh, notes down there. I think the first one, you'll see it. Thank you. It's identify with Christ in some way uh, this week. Uh, Pastor Randy talked about the idea of, of your, your colors. And as a Christian, um, we identify with Christ by letting people know that we, we follow him. We, we give our life to him. And, and one thing you want to do is maybe just pray for an opportunity in uh, your workplace, with your family, or with your friends that you'll have a chance to share um, about Jesus. As people ask you how your weekend was, that you have a chance to share with them that, that you went to church. And, and you, God uses all sorts of scenarios and situations as we identify with him uh, where, where he opens people's hearts and there's, there's opportunities to share. And so uh, it begins with prayer. And then you may just want to think through uh, people in your life where you can identify. Like, I follow Jesus and this is the impact that it's made on my life. So I encourage you to, to think through that and, and pray uh, through that. And then the second uh, next step is to explore ways to work on the team uh, in this church uh, to accomplish its mission. So here, here at Ridgeview, uh, we, we are teaming together. Uh, we do that uh, every week. We do that throughout the week, and this is what we're committed to doing. And so if you are newer to Ridgeview and you'd like to learn how to get involved, 
uh, check that box, and uh, we'll provide uh, different ways that you can be involved in, in serving. Uh, and also, even as Pastor Randy mentioned, uh, training. Uh, as different opportunities come up, up if you're interested, let, let us know that as well in the, the various uh, training programs we have. So as a church, uh, we want to partner and come alongside you to help you in your next step. And oftentimes, it, it begins by coming like you're doing and then deciding like, okay, I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to help. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to, to do what, what's in front of me. And especially as we enter uh, the holiday season, as we have a variety of events to invite our family and friends, you can really partner with us by inviting, and you'll see those events already in the program uh, of what we have coming up. Over the next two weeks, we'll be uh, talking more about what we have coming up in December. But you can start right now thinking through people you can invite to come to, to our church and to these events. And then also, uh, just kind of the next step that you want to take to be involved. And so, uh, we want to help you do that, and so indicate that on the a connection card. So we're going to uh, receive our offering uh, right now as uh, the band leads us. Thank you. <laughs> 